So it seems, listeners, that we have officially progressed to the S&M gear-clad gangs of raiders roving across the apocalyptic wasteland stage of this collapse. <laughs> oh, how very dramatic. <laughs> I mean... I don't think they were wearing their Folsom Street Fair gear, but, you know, aside from that, the rest of it's basically there. And what I'm talking about, for those who may not have heard of it yet, because so far this has only hit local news, there have been two incidents in the San Francisco Bay Area in the last two days at time of recording where what could be best described as swarms of people raiding major department stores en masse in a coordinated fashion. <laughs> On Friday, November 19th, a large swarm of people descended on Louis Vuitton, the upper-end retailer, on Union Square in San Francisco. And, you know, to give a sense of, you know, when I'm saying Union Square, I'm talking like this is the San Francisco version of Times Square or like Rockefeller Center. This is right there in the middle of where all the pigs are supposed to be, where all the money is. So that's kind of quite the fuck you. And as far as we can tell from available reporting so far, this was basically just a swarm of people who took the place by storm after hours when nobody was there and walked off with a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> but it gets better. I promise it gets better. Uh, then the next day, on Saturday, November 20th, mm -hmm. a convoy of vehicles descended on the on a Nordstrom's outlet in neighboring Walnut Creek, which is like a bedroom community that's off like east of Berkeley and Oakland up in the hills. And after blocking off access to uh, like blocking off road access with their vehicles, just sacked the store. <laughs> like two people were arrested at gunpoint. The rest got away. God damn. <laughs> like, but the local press called these raids, and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this sort of shit happens a lot more than you think. It's just... They're not, like, in dragon boats and shit, or splitting people's skulls with axes while shouting about Odin, but... <laughs> <laughs> or, like, you know, hoisting the Jolly Roger, yet. Yet. I mean, this is very much, you know, this this has happened before. Like, um, in the Great Depression, this was more common than you would think. Most people didn't hear about it because, well, it's not the part of the story that, like, the capitalists want you to know about. They don't want you to know that, like, this stuff used to happen. And sometimes still does. Like, this is what happens when people get desperate. When people get angry at the powers that be. Like, you know, 
labor once was theirs. <laughs> yeah, this is people like drinking rum from gunpowder barrels and plotting mutiny shit here. This is some pretty like like we don't know what the motivations are. Like mm-hmm. nothing really has come out. Like there's no question this was these were both well organized attempt like acts like so like there's no question that there probably was some like deliberate motive going into this oh yeah like we don't know yet i mean the fact that they went at night when nobody would be there like you know they're trying not to hurt people probably it's also easier to just you know loot a fucking store when nobody's in it Mm -hmm. like my my vibe on this one is this is too big for like your average criminal gang. Like this is too much, too big. Like it's a very high risk, high reward activity, you know? And yeah. so my suspicion is this is pr- this is probably people just you know people uh, I, I mean i'm not gonna put it out there that this is a thing that is known or not but i would not be at all surprised if any of the persons who may or may not have been involved in this were current or former employees that's like yeah. I would not I would not be surprised if at least some one or two maybe some were people who previously worked there cuz you know that kind of inside <laughs> knowledge would be really helpful. Oh yeah. Like uh I'm remembering when that Apple store got raided that one time a few months back um where the employees were basically just like well, pulling everything off of the displays. <laughs> yeah just like you know corporate says don't get in their way but unlock wherever they ask for but it was a little more uh shall we say proactive than that like you know it's not theirs and it is some real failed state shit like (laughs) yeah this is literally what the Supreme Court has said cops are supposed to prevent is yeah. harm to property. This is literally like the Supreme Court has ruled on this that the only like the only actual duty in law that the police have regarding people is to protect property before lives. And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like and I, you know I work like downtown and people coming into like the restaurant were all talking about this shit and it's you know i don't think this shit even happened during hurricane katrina and it's definitely not getting out if it's happening in other places because this is some real like like the cops basically shut down union square for the last two nights which, which has some real like bolting the gate after the horse has run vibes like making like a big deal about look at us we're all over the place and we're here don't worry everything's safe it's like dudes you're here because you got fucking clowned 
And everyone saw it. <laughs> like, this isn't quite as bad as, you know, burning up a release precinct, but it is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Like, this is... I don't know that this is, like, the impending sign of the revolution. This this sort of feels to me more like um, a smaller scale version of what happened during the 92 LA riots, but... Less opportunistic and way more planned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of the part that is giving me pause. Like, clearly someone has the capacity to be able to do this at will twice in the same general area. Or maybe two different groups sharing notes or something, or even not even where... I mean, that kind of tight timing, I don't think they weren't somehow aware of what the other was doing on some level. I mean, I... I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not ruling out that it could just be coincidence, but, you know, it's kind of two back-to-back in really prominent, wealthy, like, supposed to be nice, safe, upscale areas. Like, just putting that out there. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome to Chop Shop. (laughs) (laughs) We read this shit so you don't have to. Though you really should actually read that shit, because that shit is fucking based. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is another um, twin episode. Just, you know, me, Miss Silver, and... Doc Spider. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we've, we're doing a weekly again. I finally have the time. School is going fine. I'm fine. We can do this. Let's do this. And, you know, world events are reaching sufficient equilibrium that there's not like, oh shit, we really have to actually dive into this thing and explain it. Yeah. Like supply chains. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, Patreon. Um, get on our Patreon. It pays our server bills, you know, pays for equipment. Five bucks a month gets you access to special episodes and to regular episodes earlier than usual. (sighs) And someday it will pay for fear and loathing on Wall Street, even if that means we're going to be tripping in the ruins of the New York Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. Don't burn it down too much before we get there. Leave a shell. You know. (laughs) (laughs) We need the vibe. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I guess that brings us to the top of the fold. Where Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I can't fucking say his name. Fuck him. Um, he gets Buttigieg uh, alma mater. Blurf. Anyway, his, his previous employer and alma mater, McKinsey uh, Consulting, who are best known as, like, the genteel white-collar Pinkertons of neoliberalism, essentially. Uh Like, they are the absolute scumbags who roll in to say, yes, you are going to slash all these things to ribbons. Yes, you're going to do this stupid, awful bullshit that 
will only make things worse and inflict harm and all that. Um, yeah. And you will like it. Those guys. Um, Management consultants. Yeah. Like scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so they released a report on wealth distribution over the last two decades and how wealth has accumulated. And it turns out, according to Mayor Pete's former bosses, the chop shop it's all fraud thesis is right. Yeah. The I wish trash... I had a sound for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. The trash future thesis going into his season four was... Brennan is not real. It, it may turn out that America is not real either. You know? Because um. the fuckers at McKinsey basically just said the economy isn't real and money probably isn't either. Yeah. Um, so basically what they did was they decided to put together a global balance sheet. Um, which, which like already sounds terrible when you say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, basically add up all real assets in the economy and all financial assets. And then, you know, also find all of the liabilities, you know, real and financial. Put them together on a balance sheet and see what we get. Let's see what the state of the corporation of Earth is. And... There's a good way to say this. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we've got a Twitter thread up about it that kind of kicks this, gives, like, the bullet points, including some, like, really fun graphs and charts. Like, there's an amazing pie chart in here that you just gotta see. But basically, the gist of it is the vast majority of all new wealth that's been created in the past 20 years has not been due to investment or improvements in productivity or any of those other things that are supposed to drive economic growth. It has purely been through the inflation of the value of assets. Period. In fact, here's what they say. This is... Literally paragraph two of the abstract of their report. Mm -hmm. Across 10 countries that account for about 60% of global GDP, Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, Mexico, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and the United States, the historic link between the growth of net worth and the growth of GDP no longer holds. While economic growth has been tepid over the past two decades in advanced economies, balance sheets and net worth have long that have long tracked it have tripled in size. This divergence emerged as asset prices rose, but not as a result of 21st century trends like growing digitization of the economy. Rather, in an economy increasingly propelled by intangible assets... Put a pin in that because they use that word a lot in this report. 
Um, that phrase, I mean. Like software and other intellectual property, a glut of savings has struggled to find investors offering sufficient economic returns and lasting value to investors. These savings have found their way instead into real estate, which in 2020 accounted for two-thirds of net worth. Other fixed assets that drive economic growth made up only about 20% of the total. Meanwhile, asset values are now 50, nearly 50% higher than the long-run average relative to income. And for every dollar in net new investment over the past 20 years, overall liabilities have grown by almost $4, of which about $2 is debt. Ooh. There it is. Yeah. Boom. That there it is. Like don't really like being right about this, but <laughs> like I want to put that out there. <laughs> and it's like they do say that like the world has never been wealthier with large variations across countries and households. But... Oh, boy. It's... Yeah. And and a thing that's a real fucking doozy in this is we... It's entirely possible that the value of these intangibles versus actual, you know, stuff that exists, like, you know... Pfizer's intellectual property rights to the vaccine versus the Pfizer plant that can actually make the vaccine that they bundle intellectual property in as a real asset yeah. for calculating these numbers. So the, the actual like disequilibrium between there's a big ass word. Um, I must be fucked up on this shit. Um, <laughs> Between the two must be probably bigger. Yeah. Because I'm not sure that intellectual property counts as anything other than an intangible. I mean, it's like... Some classes of intellectual property, they aren't valueless. I mean, they do have use value. Yeah. Like... But just... Most of where it, the nominal valuation comes from is that Pfizer can say, no, go fuck yourself. You are not allowed to make a generic knockoff of my vaccine for X number of years, even though that would, you know, save people's lives. Yeah. Like, you know, Uganda is not allowed to fire up an mRNA machine and just make the vaccine. No, they gotta, they gotta pay the blood price to Pfizer. And, you know, the people be damned. Which really is way more like a rentier system than anything resembling, you know, a productive <laughs> economy. Yeah. I mean, this is all that a solid melts into air. You know? Like, this is. <laughs> It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they're saying. All this growth, all this wealth, everything is bullshit. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like, there's not no growth, to be clear. That's not our thesis. What we're saying is, <sighs> most of this shit just does not add up. Like, what we're saying is calling Wall Street a casino would be high praise. Because yeah. at least casinos have to keep actual physical dollars in the vault to back the value of every chip on the table. <laughs> like, this is... Like, you know, a lot of, like, mainstream neoclassicals and Austrians are like, well, you, you can't actually misprice a thing. The market will correct itself. And it's like... <sighs> no. No. Fuck off. <laughs> no. <laughs> like... We are living in that exact thing happening. Yeah, like, I... <sighs> well, just what's really wild is they then <laughs> offer two possible solutions at the end. Like, two ways that it, this could play out. The first one is that somehow all of these things that they're saying are causing the current situation could be used to you know, more productively and we could channel investments towards things that are actually, you know, productive and give social return on value and guarantee sustainability. Or, you know, we could see everything revert to the norm. <laughs> and here it is, as they themselves say, this would lead to a material decline in real estate values that have underpinned the growth in global net worth for the past two decades. Yeah. So they're, they concede that doing anything about what has caused this situation mm -hmm. would just, would be bad for them yeah. and, and and this is where they get to it as they then say the smartest way forward then may be for decision makers to work to stabilize and reduce the balance sheet relative to gdp by growing nominal gdp to do so they would need to redirect capital to new productive investment in real assets and innovations that accelerate economic growth so the answer is yes i have already drunk enough of that moonshine to kill my liver Keep it coming. Mm -hmm. But I want the top shelf stuff. Not that, like, that well shit that has a possum floating in it out back. Yeah. Like, we don't want... We don't every, uh, want every... Oh my god. Like, is this the pie chart you're talking about? The one that's, like, real estate accounts for two-thirds of real assets? Yes! That's the pie chart! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Oh my god. Isn't that like literally the definition of a feudal economy? Yes. Literally? <laughs> I mean, it's like looking at this, you might actually think that the Georgists have a point. <laughs> Good god. Land tax, land tax. <laughs> I mean, they're not making any more real estate, you know, neom and such aside. 
I mean, like, I guess the MMT people are kind of going in that direction, but, you know, also coming at it from a let's maintain this thing instead of like, well, you know, or it could come crashing back to Earth because this is all totally unsustainable. Yeah. And I think they know it's totally unsustainable. Like, this is... I I hate to say it, but, like, land is not worth this much. It's not... Not unless you do shit, like, buy a bunch of fucking condos in San Francisco, London, Singapore, and Vancouver, and then just keep them off the market so they can live in your portfolio and do nothing. Mm -hmm. If you create artificial scarcity, you can increase value like that. And, you know, to an extent, that's what they've done. Like, this, a lot of this land value exists because, like, it's scarce. There's only one block at this particular location in Manhattan. Like, you can't just, well, I mean, you could turn Billionaire's Row into low-income housing. Oh, you totally could. They just I, don't I want be, to. <laughs> I would be so on board with that plan. Like, let's do that. Like, <laughs> you could probably, like, you know, fund the fucking, like, city of New York off of the proceeds from that for years. Oh, you know, that's that's why they they're still kind of mad that they can't like finance projects on their own using property tax stuff. Like, you know, the way they used to fund New York city was like, you know, they had like actual taxes and they were able to issue bonds. And then the feds, you know, basically told them to fuck off. I'm not fully remembering that. It's it's a little more complicated than that. But basically, it's very hard for a municipality to get credit. And yeah, like, and turns out <laughs> here's this pinata sitting right here that they've been fighting tooth and nail. <laughs> yeah, like, <sighs> well, and that's the thing is there's they seem to understand this is not sustainable like they don't outright say yeah it's all fucked get the hell out while the getting's good like the fact that they're proposing we need to do some kind of soft landing out of this by strongly encouraging people with tax incentives and shit like that actually works mm. when you don't pay taxes anyway what you you can like get jeff bezos to not pay more taxes come on (laughs) i mean yeah send the goons of the state after him for once it's just all like they seem to get that this shit doesn't work but they're not gonna say it yeah Four dollars in financial liabilities are created for every one dollar in net new investment. The fuck? How is that? Yeah. Oh God. 
it this shit is just so wild and god i want to like, i want to go gold bug now but that's that's stupid too yeah cuz that shit's still bullshit anyway yeah it, it it's just i like, I didn't think someone as prominent as McKinsey would be saying, yeah, actually, these leftist cranks that we've never heard of before were pretty much right, but we're not going to say the F word out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... <laughs> and, you know, right in the middle of this, there's this thing coming out from Bloomberg that now as of Friday the 19th same day Louis Vuitton got sacked that China is now the richest country in the world and this also is Bloomberg reporting on again McKinsey Mm -hmm. and according to them China accounted for almost one third of gains in global net worth over the past two decades so yeah like this report's a real doozy in so many ways like the american hegemony over the global economy is dead well not dead dead but it's it's days are clearly numbered yeah i mean it's like on some level and we were discussing this during the pre-show like this was kind of inevitable this is like the United States has a lot of productive capacity, um, given that it controls most of a continent and indirectly controls the rest of it. Um, you know, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Mexico. Mexico. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, poor Mexico. So far from God, so close to the United States. Yes. Like, they don't <laughs> I mean it's bad enough that we're being asset stripped by American corporations. Now the Canadians and even the Mexican ones get to do it too. Like this is that was an AFTA right there. Like Oh yeah. Through this they were able to take control of an entire continent's of resources and it turns out that that was kind of pointless because well you know, they never used it. They just went, oh, we we don't have enough money to, we don't have enough, like, you know, companies to invest in. Um, let's, uh, let's finance free identical Twitberg for dogs um, startups. Like, you know, that's, that's economic activity that will, you know, fiddle with our balance sheets. You know, everything will be fine. We just need to like invest. We need to pray to the free uh, the free market fairy, and well, China hasn't reached that point yet. Um, they've still got plenty of gas in the tank to you know actually do things, and, and you know historically whenever there's been a dynasty in China that's controlled both the major river basins and the nearby hinterland, they quite legitimately could say, yes, we are the middle kingdom and everyone else revolves around us. Suck our dicks. Yeah. I mean, it's like, 
they they hold the advantage. They, you know, hold enough resources that, you know, they... They're also not a bunch of brain-dead fucking ghouls. <laughs> That's also... That helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I think the difference is we don't purge our ghouls. They do. Yeah. Like, and... they actually punish failure. <laughs> And, like, you know, whatever criticism you have of, like, their society as such, and, you know, I'm not going to say they're invincible. Like, I kind of suspect this is their peak. This is going to be their peak. Um, because it sounds very much to me like they're they're about to reach for the neoliberal Kool-Aid. Um, Maybe. Like, that's they Like, it's... yeah. Like, like I, they might also stop because they do seem to have, like, for example, with Evergrande, they did say, yeah, we'll bail out the homeowners, but investors can, like, go twiddle themselves for all we care. Yeah. Because like, they, they, they seem to be aware of that, like, the social piece is a bit more important than stock portfolios. Yeah. Like, you know, capitalism is to serve the economy and... You know, if this if this means that like the state has to you know do something, they're not going to be very happy about it. It's it's a whole thing, and like basically, they uh, how to put this like they're not in this position that we were in in the seventies, where like the the path that seemed to lay forward that could like solve the crisis of stagflation was, you know, neoliberalism enclose everything, you know, strip the copper out of the walls and that will keep this trash fire going until we find a way to like refloat the economy somehow. And like, to be fair, that did carry them through, you know, like the internet revolution and all that. But, you know, a strategy of systematic asset stripping, you can only keep that going for so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, the, the, this is a system that is starting to reach the limits of what it can do. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, showing up in ways that, like, you know, money is fucking debt and value is bullshit at this point. So, yeah, that's our top thing. <laughs> we were right. <laughs> I mean, it's like they, the thing of it is, it's like they, they're at least willing to admit, yeah, this is kind of bullshit. But. We can not use quite. That they, they shy away a little bit. They they do kind of go. This is like worrying, and this is definitely like a problem. And this has not happened before, and this is very bad. But they don't quite seem to make the leap all the way to. Therefore, it's all bullshit. And instead, they're like, um, shit. We need to patch this somehow. 
Yeah, I, I, I was more saying that, like, the, the thing of it is, is that they can, they're more willing to basically just say, you know what, we're not, we're not going to play the Chicago boy game. Like, this is not in our interest. Like, we are, we are the guarantor of the overall economy, but, you know, individual actors can go hang. Yeah. So, yeah. On the COVID front, for one brief update, there is now an antiviral pill that will soon be available to the public for treating COVID-19. Nice. Yay. <laughs> that That's good. Yeah. Let's... Rem- like we would like to remind everybody that you know the products of capitalism are not you know the same thing as the capitalism itself and like even though the people who own the financial companies are like yes let's find ways to make money a lot of the people that are like making these things also are like i would like to actually make a vaccine that works yeah and it's like it's also they've actually got two of them um yeah so that's a you know that's good like anything that you know keeps people alive is good and anything that deals with plague is good so yay um and in related news austria is going back on lockdown mm-hmm. with what appears to be now a nationwide vaccine mandate though at this point how that's going to be enforced is not yet clear yeah like they they haven't come out with like what the actual penalty is going to be for the unvaccinated. Uh, basically, starting February first, they're going to make vaccines mandatory, um, and basically the current lockdown. You know, it'll start tomorrow as of recording. So. Monday, uh, the 22nd. And it'll, it's supposed to last for like 10 days and then be reevaluated. Because I, I think they're just kind of sick of dealing with this at this point. And yeah. Austria, Austria has not had particularly good vaccine compliance. So it's like, yeah. We've tried most everything else, and we're all out of other ideas. And it's well, like... We'll, it's like, we'll just go right back to the circuit breaker, because at least that works. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's a massive imposition on, you know, your personal liberties. Obviously. But it's... what else is, is to that, be done <laughs> yeah like at this point like what can one can what can one really do yeah so yeah that's we'll see how that plays out the fact that this is coming just as like austria's prime tourism season which is mostly in the winter is i'm sure going to have all the usual suspects 
birthing kittens on live television. Yeah. <laughs> and it's basically like right now um, they uh, their infection rates are growing enough that like uh, they're just like now we we do not want to deal with this. We need to yeah. put a stop to this shit. And for those of you who are wondering what the figure is, less than 66%. It's, that sounds a little better than, like, the American rate, but it's not good. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. In better news, we got all kinds of proof in the United States that strikes work. Mm -hmm. So I went by any um, 2021 um, John Deere's that were made in the, you know, like October, November. If they have that kind of build date, I'd skip it. But... You know, they're back to work. They won. They won. And now your um and now your tractor is not being assembled by Bob from accounting. <laughs> and this is like legitimately one. This isn't oh, this looks like they did it kind of thing and just barely managed a technical victory like the bullshit that's going on in IATSE where delegates overrode a pretty narrow rank and file no vote um Ugh. yeah it's some electoral college style shenanigans gotta love it um we were so hyped for that one too we cut all that I know. though but but we were so hyped and yeah, now it turned it would... out the the contract they actually did sign was kind of bullshit yeah but you know aside from that there is like the John Deere strike where the UAW workers there got like the biggest wage increase they've had in like over a decade nice. abolished the longstanding two tier system and which would basically shaft new hires and got more for the John Deere workers than the past 20 years of incremental electoral politics in one strike. Like as labor reporter, Jason Furman has pointed out, that's something worth keeping in mind. Um, and in similar news, uh, workers for Kaiser Permanente, the healthcare provider mm -hmm. slash hospital system slash general kind of responsible for large chunks of healthcare infrastructure on the West Coast, uh, was facing a strike in Northern California, Southern California, Oregon, and from their therapists in Hawaii, which was narrowly averted by an 11th hour deal that seems to have given the union most of what they wanted. Not everything, but most of it. Enough to matter. And similarly, UC University of California lecturers went on strike for one day and got everything, got mostly everything they wanted. Nice. From downing tools for one day. 
Like now I'm not saying that can happen any everywhere or anywhere as easily. Like there's, you know, that strike that's still going on in uh like wanna say Alabama, the coal miners strike that's been just dragging on for eight months. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are a lot of sectors of the economy that just are not prepared for any amount of militant labor action. Hell yeah. Oh god. So yeah, that's that sort of like cues us up for something that everyone needs to remember when we're talking about these folks cuz in the midst of all this, Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, went to speak personally to workers in Buffalo, New York who are currently seeing a citywide union drive now usually when starbucks deals with unions they just shut down the store and move on to the other umpteen branches within a three block radius so for the ceo to actually be getting involved like this is sort of unusual and noteworthy and suggests that maybe what's happening in buffalo is something where they can't do that and he had this to say many years ago i took a trip to israel And I met this very wise, pious, religious man uh, who taught me many lessons, not about religion, but about life, about morality, about honor. And I'm going to tell you two stories, two experiences I had with him. And I hope it resonates with you. I'm Jewish, but this isn't about being Jewish. It's not at all. It's, it's, about, it's about humanity. The first story is, he says to me that when people in Germany and in Poland were sent to the concentration camps, they were thrown into rail cars, and sometimes the journey was eight hours, 10 hours, 15 hours, no light, no, no water, no food. And when they arrived at the camps, the rail cars were slammed open, and you could hear that metal door just right against the cold weather. Men were separated from women, and women were separated from children. And one person for every six was given a blanket. One blanket for every six people. And the person who got the blanket had to decide what to do with this blanket that I have for myself. And not everyone, but most people, most people, shared their blanket with five other people. And the rabbi says to me, take your blanket and go share it with five other people. And so much of that story is threaded into what we have tried to do at Starbucks, is share our blanket. Yeah. Fuck. 
that that happened. Uh, apparently he's done it before to, like, shareholders. But, you know, you're allowed to be weird at shareholders meetings. Yeah, like, this is the person who's making your money. You sort of tolerate that. Mm-hmm. As long as he's hitting the bottom line. You deal with his creepy-ass <laughs> Holocaust stories. Oh... You you pay no attention to how he's comparing his workforce. To... This is oh. the American dream, and also you should share your blanket. And why? Why are you telling this? Oh. I mean, it's like it's bad enough. Oh God. The. The pandemic uh, killing fields. God damn it. You know, at this point, I think I know why they spend so much time. I mean, not saying Stalin was not an absolute bastard and didn't kill a whole lot of people. He absolutely did. But, you know, I I, I think I know another reason why they keep inflating his death count. And it's because they're fucking jealous. But he just got away with killing that many people. Yeah. And they want to do it too. I mean, goddamn, this is like. This is fucked up. Like, yeah. He's legitimately <laughs> comparing his workforce to people being shipped to concentration camps. Like. As if that's a good thing. Like, now you, if you did know this already, now you understand why he completely flamed out in 2019. Like, he had not this kind of speech. Um, It was differently weird and fucked up. But it was enough to, uh, to get people to be like, either literally who or fuck you. And, you know, oh, uh, I'm just mentioning this because it's like he has a track record of being really offensively weird about shit, about his workers. <laughs> it's all of a piece. <laughs> yeah, this is just... Uh... <sighs> it's a scandal. It's, yeah. Mm. Why? This timeline. This fucking timeline. God, why? Why? What would make you think that was an appropriate story to tell about your workers? I think, like, somewhere in the article or something, they say that he's like, well, like, I heard the story from a rabbi when I was going to Israel, so clearly this is appropriate. It's like, I just want, when I go to a Starbucks, I just want a coffee. I don't want them to, like, you know, sacrifice themselves for me selflessly in the killing fields. Like, that's fucked up. That's so fucked up. 
Why would she say this about your workers? God damn! Yeah. I just... Like... No! When people show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> and a more positive note, somebody <laughs> broke NFTs. Yep, they right-clicked all of the NFTs. Or, you know, all of the ones as of that date. Like, I'm sure there's, like, new ones being made. They fungibled the non-fungible tokens. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally, like, just broke the core infrastructure <laughs> for all existing NFTs. Like, they just went and said, yes, crypto bros. Like, who the fuck was it that did this? Like, this absolute fucking chat. Like, some... Like... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just, I know, it's always great to laugh. Uh, yeah, it's some fucking Australian. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Australia did something good for the world for a change. He was like... Uh, when he was interviewed, he was like, you know, I collected all these so that people can understand, you know, after the end, when we destroy the world, they can look at this 17 terabyte archive and go, we burned down the planet for this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. what we're... <laughs> Your miners uh, hard at work. This is this is what they make from it. Like fucking monkeys. Arts yeah. of monkeys that is like not technically transferred to you. You like there's a registry in the blockchain that says you uh, bought the rights to this link, which may or may not be fractional. There is a such thing as a fractional in NFT and uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah someone <laughs> broke it and like that like mad Australian lad who went and broke NFTs like just did a good mm -hmm. yeah like that that's a really big like actual good thing like i don't think this will actually break the market because at this point it's basically a gigantic scam mm -hmm. and you know most of the time and uh, you know this is something that's fun from like you know binging behind the bastards a little bit is you know people that are getting scammed usually are gonna be the last to actually admit it because various different reasons things like sunk cost and you know losing face and everything else yeah so, you know, I mean, if you, like, go to, like, any of the threads that are talking about this, like, on any of the bigger, like, accounts, you will just see the crypto bros just melting the fuck down. Yeah. That somebody broke their toy. <laughs> like, somebody broke their fucking climate change beanie babies. Yeah. Like, 
I'm like, how could you do this? And it's like, you know, when you display it on Twitter, you can just right click it. This is this is how it works. This is there's no special magic that like verifies that you know you may not save this to your hard drive because the internet doesn't work that way. It's like it's the analog hole. Once once you've got once you've got it in a human visible representation, you can capture it. And you know, there's several points intermediate to that. And like the whole thing is based on this ancient hack where they realized they couldn't bloat the blockchain to, you know, make NFTs with because, you know, it's very expensive to put, you know, images in the blockchain. Like that takes up most of the transaction space all on its own, possibly all of it. And <laughs> that's, um, they care about that. So they were like, okay, we can't do that. We're just going to have to like, um, make the token, like a link to somewhere. Where is that somewhere? Well, you know, whoever controls that domain, who controls that domain? Um, it can be anybody. It, it was probably these NFT people at first, but like, you know, all I have to do to like, you know, convince you that I have it is, you know, point the link elsewhere. It's like, this stuff is not permanent. There is no fundamental technical law of the internet no RFC that, you know, compels you to honor the NFT. There's no TRM on it, okay? And it may, dis- it may disappear. Like, you know, most of the NFT providers, they don't actually back up their shit. Hell no. <laughs> and this, and as we can see from this instance, any old <laughs> fucking bored Australian can break the whole goddamn thing. I mean, they're more likely to be preserved now that they're in a in a torrent. That's actually more likely to preserve them than the current scheme. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this won't break it yet, but I'm pretty sure that like any investor with any understanding of how this shit actually works is going to be like and no no bank of new york melon that was a dumb idea i am not following you off this cliff unless i can you know find some like fucking credit default swaps on your ass (laughs) it's like can i short your crypto positions then in that case (laughs) yeah there might be some of that going on. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, uh-huh. it's like I'd be kind of interested to see what like the short positions are for like the banks that are the longest on this crap. I mean, the main thing that's holding back institutionals right now is like, you know, you can 
sort of treat Bitcoin and such as like a registered security. Kind of. You can Yeah. You can kind of work with Bitcoin and such in that manner. Um this stuff not so much. Nobody really we have some idea of what the legal situation around NFTs is and it's not that you have no rights, but you're not quite getting what you think you're getting. You're getting an unregistered security that may or may not point to anything real and you're not getting moral rights out of it. You're not getting a license. And it's a thing that, you know, at any moment someone could go all... Oh, I'm afraid these tokens will be quite fungible when your friends arrive. (laughs) You know, like that. Yes. So, yeah. Um, in Energy and Climate, unfortunately, we got both, you know, no news and bad news. No news in the form of uh, the COP26 conference in Glasgow for Climate is now over. And there were lots of great promises made, lots of firm commitments put forward by all participants then, you know, if they're adhered to, then we might not be totally fucked. Mm-hmm. Like how everybody totally went along with Paris and Copenhagen and Kyoto and all those other historic climate summits. <sighs> yeah, even the UN was calling bullshit on that. Like, when the people who host it, their own official outlets, and like, have done all this effort to put together, are like, yeah, this is crap, guys. It's like, we heard a lot of promises here, but this is... This is not binding. There's nothing actionable here. Or there's not a lot that's actionable here. There's no real enforcement mechanism to make, like any of this, like, accountable to anyone. Like, you know, we we took a bunch of photos and, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, Totally. We we did the thing. We did the thing. Yay, we did the thing. We flipped coins into the Trevi Fountain in Italy for good luck before hopping on our private jets to fly to Scotland to talk about saving the fucking climate. Yep. And... uh, You don't need luck, you just need to do something. I, I think the most telling thing was when I was reading all the way down to the end... There was an article about how apparently we're dumping all of our crappy cars on Africa. Um, and not even the good shit. Like, we're not sending them our best. We're sending them, you know, stuff with fl- like just a little bit of life in it that, you know, gross polluting. Like, you know, the, the thieves ripped out the catalytic converter already, sold it for the palladium. Um, and, you know, they're just, like, dumping this problem on Africa, on South America. Um, and 
they're like, you know, this is this is massively fucked. Like, you know, even the developed countries aren't really. They're kind of getting there on electrification, but this is going to take a lot, lot, lot more work. And we need to actually invest in this shit. And now you're just dumping your problem on everyone else. Um, Yeah. And, you know, in the midst of all this, Biden having gotten a court ruling telling him, no, you have to actually keep going with selling oil and gas leases is now going ahead with what is going to be the largest sale of oil and gas leases in the Gulf of Mexico ever. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you could have just done like a a token sale to appease the, uh, you know, appease these people. Like, you didn't have to give them the whole goddamn thing. Or he could have even done, like, what Fox News thinks Biden wants to do. Yeah. Just, like, told the judge to shove it up his ass. I'm not going to kill the planet because you are a stupid shithead. <laughs> How many divisions does this federal judge have? Oh, that many? <laughs> <laughs> That's a small number. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah, he really could just say, like, they made their decision, now let him enforce it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's, so, yeah. Keep reading that Andrea's mom there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just, that's all we're gonna say there, because, yeah, these, these fuckers aren't gonna do it. They're pretty loudly not doing it. Yeah. They're just going to, you know, make another Deepwater Horizon God damn it. Yeah. Boy. (laughs) And, you know, it's funny that to mention climate because massive flooding across Canada has proceeded to shit all over supply chains. Yeah. Basically, there was this... Uh, quote unquote atmospheric river um we got a lot of rain recently um you know like half of this pod lives up in the pacific northwest we are you know not that far away from vancouver and it was uh there was a lot of rain a lot of it but nothing quite as bad as what happened outside of vancouver all of the road links are destroyed. Most of the rail links are destroyed too. Possibly all of them. I'm not sure. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. Like literally the only option to move goods at this time is to either put them on a boat headed up the coast of British Columbia um, you know, if you're still trying to deliver to, like, coastal towns there. You know, you gotta put them back on a boat, ship them up. With, um, with sea. Like, there's no other good option for that. For everything else, goods have to travel through the United States. You know, drive through Bellingham, Spokane, right up into Alberta. And 
that's that's how all you know overland shipping is gonna work from vancouver for the foreseeable until they repair these road links that's the only option because oh boy all of the highways are destroyed all of them and like i said the rail links are fucked up too you might have seen yep. that picture of like the rail bridge just like hanging there. I'm gonna go out on them and say that that bridge is not ready for train travel yet. I mean, I, I'm no rail engineer, but that, no. that doesn't seem safe. <laughs> no, I would be calling my union rep if asked to yeah. travel across that. No, it's like. How- how many sick days do I have? Cool. I'm using all of them. Have fun. Right now. It's like, I swear I got COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I got COVID and I came down with not wanting to fall itis. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'm I'm just doing all my sick days now. Please and thank you. Um yeah. so Fuck you. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> so basically um and i think this is kind of indicative of like how fucked things are amazon for anything that was supposed to be outgoing and even a good chunk of shipments that were supposed to be just within the vancouver era uh, area what ended up happening is they are refunding all of them all of them oh boy yeah, <laughs> they can't cancel that many orders because the system doesn't work that way. So they're just going, nope, even though these packages haven't technically left our warehouse because, you know, the pickers aren't doing it. Um, we're just going to just refund you as if the package went lost. Um, and also, you know, like goods are stacking up in Vancouver because they are a major port. They are one of the only Pacific coast ports that Canada has. Possibly the only one. I I forget. (sighs) Certainly the only one I can think of offhand. I mean, that's that's bad. (laughs) It's like, (sighs) you know, like Long Beach is already stressed to its fucking limit, and you know now this takes, this takes a huge port off the table. Yeah, like, like Vancouver is the port for Western Canada that can handle container traffic. Yeah, I mean it's like, yeah, maybe you can float a few, uh, you know, a few containers up a uh, up a barge and go up the coast that way. That's probably what they're going to have to do for some of this, but that's not a solution. And it's especially not a solution for getting goods to, like, you know, any other province in Canada or even getting goods to the United States. Like, you know, not all of those can just be sent to Bellingham and points onward. Mm -mm. I don't think the border crossing can handle that, to be honest. It's not that big. Yeah. It's not that big. So yeah, <laughs> this 
this is just going to be the gift that keeps on giving as far as this whole economic system is concerned. And I guess yeah. that gets us. Yeah, that time of the show. Our last word. Yeah. Shit's falling apart. People are starting to see that shit's falling apart in a big way. And, you know, some people are just saying, this is their time. You know, I'm going to get what I'm owed. Yeah. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if part of that is, like, partly, like, or at least what might happen going out is the Rittenhouse verdict might be a factor. Because on one hand, that's going to make all the fucking chuds be like sweet we got like a free hunting permit but it might also make a lot of like left-leaning people who wouldn't previously consider stuff like sacking and Nordstrom's to be like you know what if they're gonna like shoot me for protesting then i may as well do something that's worth being shot over yeah like the penalty for peaceful protest is death the penalty for doing anything is death What's the penalty for overthrowing the governor or looting Nordstrom? Death. Then let's just, let's live dangerously. Let's let's go be legends. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a, a factor in this. And yeah, we're we're gonna be keeping an eye out for shit like this because this is getting. Like oh, you yeah. put all this shit together, of even the people in power are ha- are having to like quietly admit okay this actually doesn't work and there is and we're in serious danger because of the way society is currently functioning Mm. yeah like this is there's a reason how to put this like there's a reason, like, FDR is kind of the one who saved capitalism from itself. Because he was able to, like, you know, set everyone down in a room and just say the thing that, like, you know, needed to be said, which was, you know, you can give up a little bit of your profits here, or the people will take them from you. I am the only thing standing between you and the mob. Choose. And, well, we we know how that went. And it's like, you know, now things are getting desperate. And I think Biden, Biden wants to be an FDR guy. Um, he has said that before in the past. But I don't think he took the right lessons. Like, I don't think he quite appreciates that FDR didn't get things done by bipartisan compromise. Like his party outright controlled super majorities in both houses of the Senate. Like, and like, you know, Senate, Congress, whatever the fuck those stupid shit has on Capitol Hill. Um, yeah. Words. He, you can words. Yeah, the the things that don't seem to be able to do anything. Like you'll notice, by the way, we're not talking about 
fucking infrastructure bill and where it's at right now because really it's been pared down to not being anywhere near enough we'll get to that some other time but yeah like we we have promised as a society to give um 10 no nine no five five charles entertainment cheese tokens to the minnesota department of transportation to fix their bridges five Uh, oh wait no no we're cutting that down to four i'm sorry we're we're not allowed to do anything um so when you get your free tokens um uh, the bridges will be fixed maybe we don't know (laughs) yeah it's all this shit's falling apart because there's not enough resources being allocated to maintain it because everything's going to the stupid fucking bubble machine and yeah people are realizing it either by winning better things on the picket line or even just being like neat i'm gonna fence an entire louis vuittons hell yeah no not not a bag not a jacket or whatever a whole store (laughs) yeah they really do have a bridge to sell look behind them they took it apart and it's all there you can like buy all the steel yeah (laughs) oh yeah i mean we've always the thing of it is is like these are the kinds of things you see before shit goes really downhill yeah like these are warning signs this is like the red lights are all flashing yeah and it's like the media for obvious reasons does not want to play this up they you know there's a vested interest in not talking about this and the only reason they're talking about this at this point is this was so brazen and so obvious that the local news could not help but talk about it. Like, they can't pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And... It's... So this is yeah. just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And we'll... I mean, we'll see how the coverage of this goes. And also how all this other shit plays out. But at this point... Yeah, we, we can see the edge of the cliff now. Yeah. Like... It's like, it's within visual range. Like, I don't know. How well do you think? Um, because this is this is the week of Black Friday. How well do you think that's going to go? Oh, th- this is going to be a shit show. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. I'm kind of all spent. I can't. I can't do yeah. my part right now. And uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm just going to take a rain check. Um, I suspect a lot of our people are going to do that too. Like, yeah, like I have every intention of like going out to the woods and tripping on acid. So, mm-hmm. fuck capitalism <laughs> on Black <laughs> Friday in particular. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I worked I a Black Friday and no, no, yeah, don't do don't. that to them. That's horrible. Just don't. It is abuse. It is active abuse. Yeah. So I guess that pretty much wraps it. Mm-hmm. This has been Chop Shop Economics reading this shit, so you don't have to. 
Good luck out there. Bye, everybody.